Welcome to the Pokescast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Star Tribune's Wyoming beat writer. You can follow me on Twitter at by underscore Ryan Thorburn and read all of my coverage of all things cowboys and cowgirls at trib.com. Gags, what's going on? Not too much. Uh, just getting ready for another border war, uh, getting ready for uh, hoops to really get underway. Got, you know, the first game this week, couple more coming up. So lo- lots going on. Lots going, lots of exciting things going on. The border war is one of the best weeks of the year. If you are a Wyoming and I assume Colorado state person, uh, you know, it's just a great rivalry that dates back to 1899. We've written about it in our book. It's just, uh, you know, it's undervalued nationally, but I think regionally people get it in a big way. And it's this Saturday in Fort Collins at Canvas Stadium. Uh, Wyoming is 4-1 and one the Mountain West. You know, they, they're in contention. Colorado State is struggling and rebuilding under Jay Norvell. But as you know from our book, the best team doesn't always win this game. And uh, I think it's – I just have a feeling maybe we're not – in for one of those top 10 games like we write extensively about you know the 10 of the more memorable games in our book um, but i think it's going to be a good game i just have that feeling i don't think wyoming's going to roll uh, i think there's a chance csu gets up for this in a big way um, just how are you feeling about this this game going into it you know from from wyoming standpoint ryan i kind of have an uneasy feeling about this kind of like you said you know there's you know, a lot of times in this rivalry that the best team doesn't win or at least the best team on paper doesn't win i think uh you know csu as you said ryan has struggled in the in the rebuild under jay norvell but you know they've shown some signs they gave them they the rams gave themselves a chance to win at san jose state last week D- didn't get it done but it seems like there's progress there and i can tell you this would really make the Rams season if they could get the get the bronze boot back and and beat its beat the you know beat their rivals. Um, I, I don't know. I, you know we've seen a lot of times. You know you and I and I've covered you know I've covered a lot of games where you know if one team was kind of maybe not heavily favored but favored you know you know on paper the better team and the and the underdog you know finds a way to come out with a victory. I I just got kind of an uneasy feeling about this. Now that doesn't mean I don't think Wyoming has you know Wyoming's not going to is doesn't have a chance by by no means but Cowboys better be on on top of its game you know I don't I don't think this team is going to roll anybody for the rest of the season talking about Wyoming um I think if it plays its game you know gets the run game going and on paper it it should based on what CSU's defense has you know allowed in the run game you wrote about this week Ryan Wyoming has to be more balanced in its offense um you know it doesn't need to throw it 40 times but it needs to be able to effectively throw the football and you know, see what that defense can do. Uh, it sounds like you know CSU allows a lot of sacks. Uh, you know, hopefully that plays into Wyoming's favor. I mean, there's a lot of things on paper that lead you to believe that Wyoming should win this game. But as we know, the board, the rivalry games, and especially this rivalry, the border war isn't played on paper. So there's there to me there there's a little uneasy feeling for Wyoming going into this game. But again, we'll see. Maybe this will be another a, a, a top ten border war i don't know but i agree with you ryan i think it's going to be a close game um maybe comes down to the final quarter maybe comes down to the last possession yeah i mean two of classic examples of what we're talking about obviously uh the uh 1966 game wyoming um 
you know, they were ranked, I believe, 10th in the nation going into that game. That was during the heyday of of the uh, 60s for Wyoming. They lose to a bad Colorado State team on, a, you know, it's called the bounce pass game, you know, a, a bounce pass that, you know, it's in the book, you know, may or may not have been legal, probably not, but it worked out for the Rams uh, that day. Uh, many years ago, we were not born, but it, the, the legend lives on. And then, you know, in 1990, I was actually at this game uh, in the seats. Wyoming was 9-0 and and 19th in the country and was taken down by, by Colorado State in Fort Collins. Uh, both those games were in Fort Collins. So, you know, this isn't one of those vintage Wyoming teams by any means, but it's a surprisingly good Wyoming team and you know they still have three chapters right here or four chapters where they could write themselves into being one of the more memorable Wyoming teams if they keep this rolling but uh, you know that's what makes this great and you know uh, it's interesting you've you've been covering the team a lot longer in more recent past than I have Um, but just from afar it didn't seem to me like some of Colorado State's coaches whether that was McIlwain or Bobo you can tell me if I'm wrong or certainly Adazio, I don't think they circled this game the way that they should have. I think they were still hanging on to some degree to the Colorado rivalry and just, I don't know, it just seemed like Wyoming is always into this game and sometimes Colorado State isn't quite into it enough. Um, just, I'm just curious to see what Jay Norvell's take on it is. I know he had Sonny Lubick in on Monday to talk to the Rams. That's a, that's a hell of a start. Um, so I'm just wondering what that dynamic will be, you know, with Jay Norvell at Colorado State and Bull. And, and do you agree with, with some of those other coaches not taking you know, the bronze boot as seriously as they should have? You know, I, I certainly got that impression, Ryan, a little bit. I mean, I, you know, I remember talking to, to Mike Bobo about it. And, you know, it's, it's in the book where when he, you know, not long after he got the job, he was working late in the office one night and it was a Wyoming CSU basketball game down at Moby. And he, you know, he thought he was maybe, you know, I think he might've known there was a game or something, but he kept hearing all this noise and he just says, well, what's going on? So he went down to the gym and saw what it was kind of all about. And he goes, Oh, you know, this is kind of a big deal. So I think they kind of felt that it's important. So we're learning about it, but I just got the sense, and I'll be honest, Ryan, I got the sense when I was doing a lot of the research and interviews for for the book um, that a lot of the the diehard and not I want to I don't want to call them old timers because they're not old timers, but the the long standing CSU fans get the border war. They get it. I'm not quite sure if the younger generation of CSU fans all get it. I'm not gonna I'm not box I'm not putting them all in one group. I just got that sense, and I got that sense from, like I said, doing the interviews with with players, with coaches. Uh, I was down there for a couple of book signings when our book came out, Ryan, and it was, for lack of better terms, almost kind of like crickets, you know, I think because they do play Colorado. Well, they did. Um, that's big to them, and I understand that's an in-state rivalry. I mean, I understand that, but I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think part of being a rivalry is you got to beat, beat, beat that team once in a while, and that hasn't happened the CU-CSU rivalry is way one-sided toward the buffs. And I, I just got a really strong sense that maybe not a lot of the younger CSU fans fully get it. Now, doesn't mean they won't. Doesn't mean that they can't. Um, and and maybe, I'm, maybe I was or Maybe I was, you know, in the wrong places at the wrong times for some of this. But I just kind of got that sense where 
when you talked about the border war around here, Ryan, around Wyoming, um, they get it. This is important. So I, I don't want to say, nah, the, the border war is not important to CSU because that's not true. I understand that it completely is. But it also depends to me at who you talk to. And and also part of it, Ryan, is at least recent, and we've seen this, and you know, people who know this rivalry know, know kind of a lot of the history. There's been a lot of ebbs and flows in this rivalry, and Wyoming's kind of had its way for the most part in the most recent history. And I get a sense when when things when the border war isn't gone CSU's way as much, maybe they kind of tend to lose a little bit of interest in it a little bit until it comes up and then maybe they get the boot back and then it's like, oh, okay, you know, I, I just got a lot of different senses, but win loot win lose or draw, Ryan, this board this rivalry is very important to Wyoming. It's important to its fans, it's important to the coaches. It seems like the coaches that Wyoming has had even before Craig Bull, whether it's Dave Christensen, you know, Joe Glenn. Joe Tiller, you know, even Dana Dimmel, they got it. They got the rivalry. And I don't know if they, you know, got a crash course or if they got it, you know, you know, emphasized to them before they signed their contracts, they got it and stuff. So we'll see. It's just, it's kind of in a weird, it's in a weird place to me, you know, at least from Colorado State's perspective. Again, that goes back to doing a lot of the research and people I talk to for the book. It's, it's, it's it's weird, you know, but maybe it changes. It's interesting. You mentioned Jay Norvell. I mean, Craig Bull coach with his dad, you know, knows his dad. And, you know, it does have a somewhat of a tie to Jay Norvell. You know, I know they've always joked, okay, you know, Craig doesn't spend money in Fort Collins. I know he has a lot of respect for Jay. Um, you know, Jay comes off as a, as a kind of guy that does appreciate rivalry games. Um, he's played in them. He was at Iowa. He knows what about, he knows rivalry games. Um, he seems to have really embraced the history at Colorado State. So, you know, maybe he stokes that the border war fire a little bit under the Rams fan base a little bit. I I, I kind of get that sense, maybe. And uh, but this 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 maybe could be the start of another wrinkle, another of the many wrinkles that go into this border war rivalry. Yeah, I think you can blame Bradley Van Pelt for the younger CSU generations not really respecting this rivalry as much as they did back in the day the Colorado rivalry remember I mean I was in Boulder and some of those games at you know Mile High Stadium whatever it's called now were you know 70 plus thousand people Colorado State was ranked Colorado was ranked it's kind of sad to see the state of those programs right now given what what that was at that time but I remember covering some of those games and you know specifically the one where Bradley Van Pelt ran into the end zone, turned around and spiked the ball off a CSU player's face intentionally or unintentionally. He did that. And, you know, that was really fun for me to, and it took months, probably six months to track BVP down. He's an elusive guy on and off the field. Um, But I, I also covered him when he was a backup quarterback with the Broncos. So it was great to catch him and ask him about that stuff. And, you know, it's in the book. He, definitely circled Colorado and you know Colorado State when Lubick had it rolling and BVP was there you know if the playoff committee existed back then they would have been in those rankings and considered you know a group of five team for that stuff back then and uh, you know they beat Colorado they beat some other power five teams during that stretch played in some big bowl games and Wyoming was down at that time and just a complete afterthought. But the funny part is, it might have been Van Pelt's last ever college game. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's in the book. And he mentioned that, you know, when they lost to 
Uh, I believe it was Joe Glenn and those guys where, you know, Wyoming went ahead with a late touchdown. All of a sudden, the sky opens up, snow starts pouring down, and Colorado State loses. Wyoming's fans starving for a border war win, uh, tear down the goalposts, and he's going off the field, and Wyoming fans are saying nasty things to him, and he, he hugs his dad and said, you know, walking off that field was one of the tougher moments of his football career, which was filled with great highs, especially at Colorado State. Yeah, and I think, Ryan, whether you're players from Wyoming or Colorado State that maybe don't know, like an Andrew Peasley, for example, you know, I read your stuff this week where, you know, yeah, he's, you know, guys have told him about this, you know, and he's like, you know, I know it's a big game. I know guys circle this, but, you know, we're looking to go one and oh, but it's not going to take long for these guys on both sides to get to know what this rivalry is all about. All it maybe takes is after the opening kickoff, heck, maybe even in pregame warmups when there's maybe a little John going on or just just the feel of the intensity down on the field before a game like this, like you see in, in other big-time college football rivalries. So I'm sure they'll get it, you know, and, and stuff like that. And and I don't know, it, it, it almost kind of feels like this is the start of another chapter in this rivalry with Jay Norvell now at Colorado State to see what's going to happen there and see if Wyoming can continue on its pretty good run so far in this in this border war. You know, Joe Glenn's had a pretty good amount of a success up to this point. I think if 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 Joe if if Craig wins this game, he's going to rank up there with Lloyd Eaton and Dave Christensen and the, and the Wyoming coaches that have you know won a lot of border war games, a lot of bronze boot type games. So you know, to me, this almost feels like kind of a start of a new chapter in this rivalry. I think. Yeah, I believe Craig, uh, you know, obviously when he was rebuilding the first couple of years, McIlwain, I think, uh, had a good roster and maybe Bobo inherited it. But, you know, Colorado State won the first two over Bowl. I think he's, uh, what, five out of the last six or, five, you know, something like that. Four of the last five, he can make it five out of the last six. Um, I'm told there would be no math. But anyway, he's doing quite well. And the one loss recently was the bizarre – 2020 COVID game at Kansas stadium where there was no fans. And uh, I think it was Frank Crum told me this week that that game made them Wyoming Cowboys sick to sick to their stomachs Mm -hmm. Uh, because that's a situation. And he, he said like this year when you have the boot and it's on your side and then the other team comes over to your side and gets it, which was the case in 2020. It's like, that is, the worst feeling in in Wyoming football that you can have. Yeah, and you know, obviously coming from Frank, it's a good example of a you know, a lot of history. His dad played at Wyoming. His grandpa played at Wyoming. They know what this rivalry is all about. And uh, um, yeah, you know, in that 2020 game. Look, I know that was weird. Everything was weird in the COVID year. But I'll be honest, right? That was just Wyoming just did not play well. I mean, and sometimes that happens. Sometimes. You know, again, it's kind of hard. Maybe it was hard to get up because there's no fans. There's no winner. I, I don't know. But I do remember that game where Wyoming well, was just awful in that game. CSU was good. Don't want to take that away. But Wyoming wasn't. So we'll just see what what results. And then, you know, you know, the the game within the game. Does CSU, does the Millen kid, does the Millen kid play quarterback for CSU? I know when he's been in there, he's done some pretty good things. You know, he got knocked out later, came out of the game late in the San Jose game and the with a head injury. I don't know. I don't know the status. Certainly. I don't know if anyone will, you know, that can play a factor. You know, CSU's got some guys, they've got some receivers that can, can do some damage. Um, they've got some, they've got some guys. So, you know, I know it's, it's, this is as cliche as cliches get, but you, you know, you throw the records out when these teams play and yeah, there, maybe there's some unknowns, maybe even for, for both teams. How does Titus Swin come back after his 
concussion issues at Hawaii early? Does he come back as the tightest one we saw after the first bye week when against Utah State where he just dominated people? You know, where there's all those games within a game, but that's what make these that's also what makes these rivalry games fun. Well, any game fun, but especially rivalry games like this. Yeah, I hope it's a good atmosphere. It'll be my first time at this stadium, which I hear is spectacular. Um, you know, I've been to a lot of Border War basketball games over the last 20 years where, you know, Moby Arena is half Colorado State, half Wyoming. It's just a great atmosphere. Last year, because Colorado State was so good, there was still a nice sliver of Wyoming fans at Moby Arena, but they, you know, they were selling out their games and it was hard to get a ticket. I don't think it's hard to get a ticket to this one. Uh, so if they can, if Wyoming fans can get down there and create that half and half type of thing, it could be a, you know, like a bowl game atmosphere. But uh, uh, before we get into that, uh, the more specifics of this border war, let's uh, pick some Mountain West games. All 12 teams are in action in conference play. And last week we both went four and two. Like we said, it's November. We're going to start kicking ass in this thing. Um, <laughs> so uh, get your, get your gambling apps out. Okay, Friday night, Fresno State, all of a sudden, maybe in control of the West Division, minus nine and a half at UNLV. Rebels are on a four-game losing streak, even though Doug Brumfeld came back last week. 8.30 p.m. CBS Sports Network under the Friday night lights in the Raiders Stadium. Who you got, Robert? Yeah, I know UNLV, but with Brumfield back, I just still think UNLV is different. I don't think they're different enough to beat Fresno. I think you're right. I think Fresno's now starting to kind of catch its legs after some early season struggles and with Hayner being out at quarterback. Um, I could certainly see Fresno State coming in and and actually wiping the floor with them, but I think UNLV has made enough prior. I'm going to go with the Rebels to cover that. I'm not going to outright pick them, but you give them that many points at home, I'm going to go with the Rebels. Yeah, the Rebels, uh, you know, they they're, they still have a shot to get to a bowl game despite this recent, you know, downward spiral. If they could get it together and win a couple more games out of their last three and go to a bowl, I think that's a big step for Marcus Arroyo in this program. It's been a while. I think they haven't won a bowl game since 2020, so that would be huge for them. But Jake Hayner's healthy, and this is uh, in an NFL stadium, and he needs to make – some noise to get back on the NFL radar. So I think they can win by 10. I'll, I'll go with the dogs and we'll, we'll see who wins that one between us. Okay. Saturday slate, uh, New Mexico plus 21 and a half at air force, 1:30 PM CBS sports network. Falcons are getting all these nice day games. I'm jealous. Uh, I will take the Falcons to cover that. This is a tough line. I mean, we know Air Force is going to win. New Mexico can't score, but that's a lot of points. But I'm going to go with the Falcons anyway. New Mexico is just reeling. Yeah, they are. That's You're right, Ryan, though. It's just such a lot of points. And I'm wondering if Air Force maybe comes off with a little hangover after beating Army in a, in a pretty tight match to get the Commander Chiefs trophy, which is their number one goal, and they've achieved that. Is there a little bit of a hangover? Or do they ride that momentum? But Big part of me, Ryan, wants to take those points for New Mexico, but you're right. They're just not, you know, they can't score, uh, you know. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm going to go with the Falcons to cover that. But, man, I hate going with that many points. That just – that scares me. But I can't consciously pick the Lobos in that. So, going with the Falcons as well. All right. Boise State minus 20 and a half at Nevada, 8.30 p.m. CBS Sports Network. 
the uh, Broncos lost at home to BYU last week. Some controversial officiating in that game, but you know they still lost to their outgoing Big 12 rival. Wyoming well, I fans aren't going to like to hear this, but the Cougars went 3-0 and against the Mountain West, so they get the last laugh as an independent as they go to a Power 5 at the expense of the Broncos. Um, hopefully, though, you know, as both ADs said, BYU will come to Laramie in 2024 as a Big 12 member. I hope that happens. But this BYU Air Force uh, BYU Boise series, excuse me, is going away for a while, and the Cougars have bragging rights. So how does Boise bounce back? They're going to beat Nevada, but how impressively do they do it? I think they do it pretty impressively, you know, and again, it seems like uh, this has been a pattern. We've talked about this on the, on this podcast around and where sometimes Boise at home, isn't just that's spectacular, but they'll go on the road and truck people or win big games. And I know Nevada is not very good and they're trying to rebuild as well. But I think, I do think the Broncos come back strong. I think they, they make another state, they make a statement and I think they cover that. I, again, that's a lot of points, but I think they cover it. Cause I'm just not seeing much from Nevada that leads me to think that, they can hang in this that much longer. So I think I'm going to go with the Broncos to cover that. I agree with you. I think they will be undefeated in Mountain West play when they show up in Laramie. And, uh, you know, if Wyoming's able to only have the one loss, there you go. It's uh, the scenario you need to beat them and, and take over first place. Okay, so San Jose State, minus two and a half at San Diego State, 8.30 p.m. Fox Sports 1. Spartans struggled with Colorado State. I watched the game. I really thought the Rams probably should have won. If they weren't so inept in the red zone, they would have won. San Jose State, like we talked about last week, there's just something a little off with them, but they're still in the mix. This is a you know a good California game in Snapdragon Stadium. I'm sure they'll get up for it. Uh, San Diego State starting to get better quarterback play, and – and and they're you know on the cusp of a bowl, but they're not vintage San Diego State. Uh, they still have an outside shot at the West, but they definitely have to beat the Spartans to do it. Um, I'm going to take the Aztecs to cover. Uh, they're at home and they're getting points, and I don't like the way San Jose State's playing. San Jose State's the better team, but I'm going to take the Aztecs to cover. I'm, I'm with you on this one too, Ryan. I don't know what's going on with San Jose State. I mean, I haven't done a deep dive in them. I don't know if there's some guys hurt or if they're just they're just off or teams are figuring out. But you know, th- I think this is going to be a low scoring game. I think both teams are going to play really good defense. It's going to be a, a very physical game. You know, they're giving they're practically giving away tickets at San Diego State in their last home games because they're not getting great attendance. I don't know. Maybe they get a good crowd, but yeah. You know, San Jose's kind of burned me a little bit, so I'm going to go with the Aztecs also. You know, it's probably going to – this could be like a 7-6 to type game or something like that, but I'm going to go with the Aztecs as well. All right, and Utah State, minus 11.5 at Hawaii, 9 p.m., streaming on Spectrum Sports or Team One app that you guys all probably downloaded for the Wyoming-Hawaii game. Uh, Cooper Lega was back last week. Um, Hawaii laid down at Fresno State. Give me the Aggies. I think they win this game handily. I think they do too. I think they go over there with Lagab back. I think that makes a big difference for them. No, there's a lot of internal stuff, not just in football, but just in that yet that university and that athletics department. But maybe a trip away kind of maybe helps them clear their head. I, I agree. I think the I think the Aggies cover that. All right. And finally, the border war, Wyoming minus eight and a half at Colorado State, 5 p.m. CBS Sports Network. Canvas Stadium, 
Fort Collins, bronze boot, enough said. Uh, no, seriously, I, you know, I talked to Peasley, you know, despite, you know, back-to-back 300-yard rushing games, Peasley was a big part of that against Hawaii, but he's uh, averaging 146 yards passing during this winning three-game winning streak, two touchdowns, two interceptions. I just get the sense that he's going to have to make a play through the air to get this done. And can he do it? Of course he can. I mean, we've seen it against Tulsa. We've seen him play well, you know, through the air in certain situations. Um, They just don't ask him to do it a lot. Um, You know, I think the way the Wyoming offensive line is playing right now, they're going to lean on the run, obviously. But can they give him some time? I mean, CSU has some guys up front. They can pressure. Um, I think that's the key matchup. You know, I think Wyoming's defense knows that, you know, CSU's not good at pass blocking and they're going to try to run Morrow a lot and get him to have a Titus win or a DQ James style of game. So I think it's going to come down to Peasley outplaying um, either Millen or if he's hurt, whoever they throw out there. But, uh, uh, you know, the Pokes delivered for Peasley, got him the rifle. I really think he needs to deliver to get them the boot. I do too. I think he's going to, I don't, again, I don't think he needs to throw it 40 times or throw for 340 or something like that, but I think he's going to have to make a handful of plays in this game for Wyoming to win the game. And whether that means, you know, touchdown passes, if that means a a third and eight conversion, I think, I think it's a combination of all that. I think he's going to have to make a handful of plays for this team to win the game. And I think he's more than capable. Um, But we'll see. Uh, I think if Wyoming can't get that run game going against it, a rush, a rush defense for the Rams that has been pretty suspect. That's going to that'll take a lot of pressure off him. That'll open up. That'll allow that offense to be a lot more balanced. That like it needs to be. I like that chances, but you know, I, I you know, CSU's got some cats, and I'm going to say this, Ryan. It's a rivalry game, and you can say this about just about any, even the big ones, Michigan, Ohio State, yada yada yada. Eight and a half points is a lot, you know. And even in Wyoming's winning streak, they're not they're not blowing teams out by any stretch. So. I, don't, I think Wyoming certainly can win it, but I'll, you're going to give me the home team an eight and a half. I'm going to have to take that in our betting in our betting game here. I, I can't. That's a lot of points right now for a Wyoming team that's you know doing some good things and done some good things, but it hasn't always been pretty. So that's that's too many points to give away on the road. I'll take the I'll take the Rams and the points. See if uh, Wyoming maybe wins by four or five. All right, sounds good, Robert. Um, Craig Bull, cover your ears because I'm off and wrong about Wyoming. I'll take Wyoming to cover. And how can they cover? Here's how. If if they get the lead, if Wyoming gets the lead and maintains the lead and forces Colorado State to pass, I think that the Rams are in trouble because they have a tough time protecting their quarterbacks. And Wyoming is good at rushing the passers. So I could see a strip sack or pressure and an interception return for a touchdown, something like that to kind of seal it, you know, by double digits and Wyoming to win. So I'll pick Wyoming and good luck, Craig Bull, living up to that p- prediction and, and making me <laughs> correct because that's not often the case. So uh, before we get out of here, Robert, you know, uh, it's also basketball season. Um, you know, since our last podcast, I think, uh, you know, the news came out that Graham E.K. Uh, has a right foot injury, is out six to eight weeks. That came about 72 hours before the season tipped off uh wyoming you know i was told was in you know kind of a a sense of shock a state of mourning for a couple days and then i think in large part due to graham's attitude you know i think he's telling people hey don't feel sorry for me i'm fine i'm good 
I'll be back. It's not the end of the world. Uh, his teammates came out and rolled Colorado Christian as they were supposed to, but uh, looked really good in the process. Six guys in double figures. Jeremy Oden, before he cramped up, looked spectacular with 17 points. All three Pac-12 transfers were rock solid. Uh, Hunter Maldonado is Hunter Maldonado. You know, I, I think they're going to be okay, but it definitely gives them some adversity to deal with during non-conference play. Yeah, you know, we're going to see, Ryan. You know, I know Jeff Linders told you and a lot of people that, you know, he likes the depth of this team. He likes, you know, the combinations he can do. They can do a lot of different things. Well, that's going to test that now. And, uh, you know, yeah, I think, you know, without Graham E.K., they could have probably played without a lot of guys and they were going to they were going to roll Colorado Christian. You know, Nichols coming up on Thursday, another, you know, Southeast Louisiana to kind of end a little mini homestand to start the season. You know, this is where they're going to find out more about each other, you know, and maybe down the road this makes them better when they get EK back, hopefully healthy and stuff. You know, maybe this makes them better down the road. But uh, little adversity, just hope he's going to be okay. Um, that's always scary when you're talking, well, foot injuries for any athlete, but especially basketball players and especially big men. That's, that's always just a very scary thing. Um, you know, and if they're going to err on the side of caution, abs- you know, good for them. Uh, don't blame them. But let's see what happens. You know, the competition will get a lot tougher than Colorado Christian. You're right, Ryan. It was encouraging to see what Wyoming did against them and the new guys, how they looked and the old guy, you know, the, the veterans, how they, you know, are still looking and, and blending and stuff. That's all great. But the competition will get will get stiffer. Let's see how this team responds. But uh, Stope Graham gets better, gets better fast, no complications and see what this, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of what this team's made of in the non-conference round because they're not going to have Graham EK. You know, maybe do they win as many games as, as if they had him? I, I guess we'll, we'll have to find out. And that makes me think they'll maybe not win quite as many, but we'll see, you know, if if they do and, you know, they keep rolling without him. That says a lot about Jeff Linder and his and his staff and his and their ability to recruit and, and the players within the program. So see what happens, but just hope for a speedy recovery for Graham and see if they can continue to to put on a pretty good show and, and look as impressive as they did against a division two opponent. Now, you know, I don't know if Nichols is going to beat the world this year, but it's a division one opponent. Okay. So at least there's a step up in competition. Let's see what, what the next step holds for him. Yeah. I, I think I like the way Linder's spinning this into a positive, you know, he's like when Graham does get back, he's going to have fresh legs, look out. And also, you know, Hunter Thompson, you came back to be a super senior. Well, guess what? We need you now. And Hunter mm-hmm. played fantastic the other night, you know, 15 points, you know, knocking down threes. When he gets that tired, Caden Powell went in there, was very impressive defensively, taking charges, running the floor as a big man for, you know, an and one. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, Brendan Winslow didn't even play. And Nate Barnhart didn't play due to minor injuries sustained last week. Uh Linder believes that Wenzel will be back. He was having some muscle spasm issues from uh, a weightlifting session. You know, he's a guy that's capable of, uh, you know, erupting for 10 three-pointers, I'm told. That's how improved he is, you know, with Drake Jeffries gone. You know, if I'm going to critique anything, I, I kind of thought they shot too many threes the other night. Uh, you know, they, they shot 37 threes out of their 73 field goals attempted. But at the same time, 
you know, the tempo was there and they were open shots. And if you're burying those, you're really going to have an avalanche of offense. So I loved the tempo. I love that so many guys played and played well. And, you know, if they can turn this negative of not having Graham into a positive and he gets back and is vintage Graham EK, then all the expectations everyone heaped upon this team are still uh, they're, they're capable of realizing those expectations. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, you mentioned, you know, I don't think a lot of people expected this adversity. Sounds like even the the, the players and the coaches didn't expect this type of adversity this early, but a basketball season is a, is a marathon, not a sprint. And uh, you know, maybe they get this, may get some of this adversity out of their system. And also maybe it's not, I don't think you ever want adversity. I think that's a silly thing to say, but maybe, it's good to get it early. Really see where you know some of these these veterans where their heads are at, where some of these newcomers are. How entrenched are they in the program? Maybe this is a good time. If there is a good time, so to speak, for something like this to happen, maybe it's now to to really kind of you know figure things out and kind of see where guys are at. And certainly a good early start, but a lot more a lot more tests to come. Yeah. So eight p.m. Thursday night, Nichols Arena Auditorium. You know they had over four thousand the other night, which is it was respectable as a weeknight, Monday night, but I mean, that it's the season opener. You got a team on the cusp of the top 25 coming off an NCAA tournament. I know a lot of Wyoming fans drive long distance to get here, but locally they, they need more support. I mean, do you want to keep Jeff Linder or not? I mean, fill the double A, take a nap on Thursday if you have to. I mean, this team is worth staying up for is what I'm saying. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to help Wyoming sell tickets or anything, but it's not often you get these type of teams and there's only so many home games. You know, you, you want to show up because Wyoming's playing, not because, oh, well, I'm not going to show up because the, that opponent's not any good. I don't, when you build a program at that level, like Gonzaga's fans aren't saying, oh, who's the opponent tonight? I don't know if I'm going to go. I mean, you go to the games. That's all mm-hmm. I'm saying. It's my opinion. Um, it's supposed to be the Dome of Doom for a reason, and that's when it's full. And if it's not full, it's just the Arena Auditorium. So uh, that's my two cents on that. I should note also the uh, Wyoming women's team. uh, You know, I I went to their last exhibition game, and I'm telling you, uh, (laughs) Ferdig is a special player. She is potentially the Sabrina Ionescu of Wyoming women's basketball. I covered Sabrina at Oregon. They were drawing 50 fans a game. By the time she left, they were selling out and selling more tickets than the men's team. So uh, just keep that in mind. Allison Fertig is a rare talent. She's from Wyoming. And don't forget about the Cowgirls. I'm going to try to keep them, you know, in in the pages of the Star Tribune as much as I have time for because they're good as well. And then obviously we got the border war this weekend, Robert, a lot going on. Tell them where they can get the book. Well, you know, the Border War book that Ryan and I uh, co-authored together came out in 2018. It's available online at on Amazon, download to Kindle. Both brown and gold outlet stores in Laramie and Cheyenne have them. The University Bookstore uh, on campus there in Laramie has them. Yeah, you know, if you want individual copies, you know, contact Ryan or I. We can hook you up on that. Um, it's a great read. I know it's been a while since it came out, Ryan, you know, and and, and more chapters, more 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 events are coming from this history and uh maybe one day we'll update that but it's a it's a great book it was a lot of fun to do really give some insight on this rivalry and even on some insight of the history of how it evolved and and the opinions of some of the of 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 both sides about the rivalry so hopefully you pick up a copy you haven't already 
the great time to do it also with the holidays coming. It's a great stocking stuff or a great gift for college football or just a college athletics fan. I think people will really enjoy it. What's your favorite anecdote that you uncovered or talked to people about? Oh man, that's a tough one. I think it's, it's, it's gotta be, I mean, you know, you know, you mentioned obviously the border war is important to both schools, but you throw air force into this mix. Now, I mean, a lot of CSU people said, you know, yeah, we want to beat Wyoming. We understand that, but you know, also air force, you know, Wyoming's or, you know, history rival with DU when they would play on Thanksgiving day down there, you know, until that went away, you know, talking to a lot of even old timers from the fifties, those were big games as well. And even the old timers have said, yeah, the CSU game was always important. And they've even been impressed of how that rivalry has evolved. But, uh, um, I think also it was interesting when I talked to Dave Christensen about it. I mean, he, he was the first one to beat first coach. I think rather than maybe Eaton that, uh, or I mean, Eaton and Roach maybe to beat CSU his first four years. And, uh, when I told Dave that he did, he didn't know that. You know, and uh, I know one thing he he goes, well, I didn't know that, but I'm very proud of the fact of what we did against CSU. So I wasn't sure how Dave would respond to talking to him after he had left Wyoming, but he was very cordial and uh, also a little bit, a little bit surprised and also very proud of what he was able to do against CSU during his time here. Yeah, mine was the 1978 game because, you know, I was too young to remember that, but I heard about it growing up. So to talk to the Bell brothers you know, who got in that big brawl with Ken Fantetti and the Pokes. They came, the Rams came down out of the stands. Wyoming was waiting at the 50-yard line. There was an all-out brawl. That's my favorite. That was my favorite thing to learn about and read about. And I think you talked to Fantetti, and this quote is the best. We were the boss that day. The game wasn't high scoring, but we whipped them. And that was after yeah. whipping them in a fist fight. That's that's classic stuff. You will never see that again. No, no. Boy, if you did that, then we may not see that rivalry. The, the, the rivalry might go on hiatus for a long time if we ever see anything remotely close to something like that. Yeah, that was fun. There were so many things, Ryan, and even some things that didn't even make the book. It was just so much fun. I think, you know, us, you know, covering the teams, growing up here, knowing all, thought we knew a lot about it, and we certainly did, but learning more about it and talking to so many people, even stuff that didn't make the book was just Except one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my in my professional career, and always something you know I know I'm going to be very proud to do, and obviously honored to do do with you. All right, Robert. Well, we'll talk about the next chapter next week. Everybody, thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you then.